Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome, awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I'm joined with me today, Brittany. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I still wish I could hear Nation, nation, nation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it every time. It's basically how I spoke with podcasts now. It's either uh, I have to, like, voice that in for us or, or, or uh, the cats just being little jerks, like, laying on me or, uh, which I just fed them, so they are promptly ignoring me. I feel very used. This morning, I was laying down, and one of the cats jumped from the window onto the bed. And because my dog lady has to kamikaze any of them anytime that happens, she immediately <laughs> used my stomach as a jumping off point. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ladies, freaking cute. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, as Brittany mentioned, this is our second week now using a different platform for our recording. Um, And I think we found that it was a pretty great uh, platform considering I'm sitting next to the cat's waterfall and Brittany said it sounded like water was running. So that's uh, pretty good considering I don't think it was like that with our previous uh, recording platform. I know. It's like, it's sensitive, but it's sensitive like me. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, I'm excited for this episode, Brittany. Um, As soon as I told Brittany the uh, concept or something, she was like, hell yes, (laughs) with all capital letters. So, you know, it. It's good when you can have your co-host's enthusiasm, because I feel like there's some times where she's like, all right, Tia, I'm just going to amuse you and come up with some shit. (laughs) I think the only ones that are hard whenever they're like uh, top 10 of something that are like with TV shows, because I don't have cable. I don't I don't watch TV shows a lot. But neither do I. I don't watch any of these things on cable. I watch them all on streaming services. And I know you got Netflix. At the very least. And I've given you my Hulu and my Disney Plus login. Why you gotta call me out like that? I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. But no. um, This is gonna be an exciting one. Because it is the top 10 dead MCU characters that you'd bring back to life (laughs) which there's plenty of them in the mcu and Brittany told me before we hopped on that she has eight (laughs) in her uh arsenal so i'm like all right cool cool like at least uh at least we both have a substantial amount of characters so that it's not just like three (laughs) yeah i just feel like uh like i'll say this one because i know it'll pop up loki and then we want loki and then oh (laughs) look at that loki Again, oh, <laughs> and Loki, <laughs> and some more Loki. <laughs> it's always just Loki. <laughs> it's just Loki. Oh, and Eco, 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 Eco. I'm trying to do Loki backwards. I, I, it's not working out. Tia, help me out. No, no. I'm. There's no helping you there. I, <laughs> you're plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I almost made a bad joke about another MCU character's death. Wow, I knew, I know exactly who you talk. Well, you, there's two characters technically that you could make that joke about, I guess. Mm. Decisions, 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 decisions. I've been on an MCU kick lately. Um, just like putting it out there before we start the show. Um, or start the list more so. The show's already starting. This, we're we're off to a fantastic start. Um, but I've been on an MCU kick lately. I just want to keep rewatching them, even though I feel like I've already rewatched them recently. It's like, how many times within like a one month span can I watch all of these movies like four times over? Yeah, you kind of have problems. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I just like to rewatch things, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tries not to get offended, gets offended a lot. Brittany just apparently wants to be savage to me this morning. I don't understand what I did to her. No, I love you. That's why. That's like at work. I'll have, like, so, you know, I started my new job and everything. And somebody was like, golly, you're, like, on it today. I was like, that's how you know I'm in a good mood. That's how you know I love you is when I'm just being an utter dick. Brittany wasn't always this vicious, and I won't say it on air, but something in her life happened, and she met some certain people, and suddenly she started being very vicious to her friends. So just call <laughs> sassy you'd rather be called sassy she wasn't sassy before this so um sometimes i just gotta deal with it i guess but it's okay i guess that's what oh, friends are no. for whatever <laughs> whatever sassy yeah. um <laughs> speaking of movie homeward bound and there was the cat named sassy Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, speaking about Sassy, yesterday I saw Cindy, and oh, we did shit. and we did a mukbang video, and we're doing it, and she's just like, why are you calling me out like this? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is true. It is true. I, I was going to say, Cindy is sassy. She is super sassy. She definitely is sassy, but... um. Yeah, why don't why don't we get into the the list right now? Because we have some amazing picks, um, and we'll probably cry because we may not ever see some of these characters ever again. But in our minds, we wish that they certainly would pop back up. But before we delve any further, I of course want to uh, you know send out a message from a friend of the podcast, and this comes from the main Damey, who has the amazing podcast. They call this a movie, and also Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D and D podcast from the main Damey family of podcasts. Join them every Wednesday as the Wild Stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies. And be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. And you can, of course, follow us at geekvibesnation.com. 
I have to say, Brittany, that I didn't have any desire to watch Ready Player One until I found out that Ben Mendelsohn was in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, okay, Tia does this thing where she can be totally uninterested in something. And you go, hey, what are your favorite actors in it? She's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm already putting on the movie. I because it's like I watch if I like an actor it's like I just want to watch things that have the actors that I like in them right it's like you wouldn't listen to music of an artist particularly that you aren't say a fan of so to me I'm like if I know that an actor that I like is in a movie I want to watch that movie and it's expanded my freaking horizons and all that I mean I've seen a lot of movies that I would have never seen if it weren't for the fact that there was an actor that I liked in it know what I'm saying like that one with Frank Grillo in it which one the one with Frank Grillo in the, with the fam- Sloan. Sloan. Oh, Into the Ashes, which was, like, really a disappointing movie. But I've I seen, know. like, good movies, you know? Um, like, okay, right now, before we get into the list, I am currently watching Penny Dreadful City of Angels because Carrie Beach is in it. And she's the actress who played Donna Clark on Halt and Catch Fire. And I really like her. So I'm watching the show strictly because of her. Man. Girl Crush Wednesday. Oh, definitely. 100%. Like, it's it's bad. Um, But... <laughs> Anyway, you all tuned in to listen to us talk about the top 10. We should just delve right into it. Brittany, what's your number 10 on our list of the top 10 dead MCU characters you'd bring back? I know this one's going to be different, but I would bring back Killmonger. And my reasoning for that is, is he had so much potential for change. He had such potential to be kind of like, like, not, I won't, I won't say just, like, oh, a sidekick to Black Panther. But, you know, everybody has their partner in crime, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Cap and Bucky or, you know, I'm going to say Cap and, uh, and Falcon. Or, you know, like, all these different, like, these subsets of the main character who get their own, you know, limelight in the same aspect. It's like Killmonger, you know, he's his cousin. You know, he had a rough home life. You know, he was raised basically on the streets. And and he even speaks about, you know, the kind of situation he lived in. And like, oh, yeah, while well, you lived in this palace, you know, this is what I was doing, right? And he has such a good moment there towards the end. I just felt like there's so much potential to keep him alive and let him have that change of heart. Or we saw the influence ultimately he had on T'Challa to help those uh, the, I'm trying to think of those groups no I'm trying to think of like what you call like a place like community community is the word I'm looking for uh, to help those communities towards the end because you know he was able to have that influence on Black Panther to have like he was eye-opening for him of what maybe he didn't quite see and the fact that, hey, we have our family that lives there too. We can't just separate them and go, oh yeah, we just live in our bubble, right? And I don't know. I just felt like there was way more potential to keep him alive instead of just killing him off towards the end. 
Yeah, um, I, I get what you mean completely because Killmonger kind of brought up the fact that you guys are living in this utopia of wonderful technology, peace, um, and just all of that, right? But we out here are living in not peace and without this technology and you're you know, keeping that from the world and you're essentially hurting those who really could use it. And as you said, those who are your family. Um, because Killmonger absolutely had, you know, the right to be part of, um, Wakanda and because of say the decisions of his father was shunned, um, away from all of that. Right. I think that Killmonger should have been kept alive, um, for a villain's sake right? He was a good villain. And Marvel has this thing where it's like they love to do these one-and-done villains and it's like, how, first of all, do you bring in Michael B. Jordan and just have him as a one-and-done, right? Um, His, like, attitude, right, how he challenged T'Challa throughout the whole entire film, he had some really fantastic scenes, right? Like, I love him in the... um, calls it in the museum, right? Where he pretty much like schools that one lady who works there about the mask um, and how pretty much like that it was stolen from their culture and everything. Uh, how he completely like plays, um, oh God, what is the character's name who has the one arm? The dude who like stole the vibranium from Wakanda uh, played by... And I was very confused. Um, it, I just saw it. I just, it was like, like Ishmael. It was like, <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Let, let me look it up. It was from, he was from the Ultron movie too. Like, yeah. Uh, That's what? how he lost his arm. Remember? Yeah. Like he, he ripped it off. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, the actor's name is Andy Circus, right? And uh, I love the scene where like Killmonger just owns him. Um, I don't know. There was so much like how again I'm saying like how he challenged T'Challa, how he fought against him. You know his like his mission to pretty much arm the world. Um, to fight back against their oppressors. You know, that was huge. That's like a huge, like, his um, motives were, I think, something, like, very political, first of all, for the MCU, but something that you kind of, like, need, something that brings you out of, like, kind of the comic booky aspect of it and more of, like, you know, this... It was making a statement, right? And... You know, and then you have, though, at the end, like, this beautiful scene between him and T'Challa where he's saying, like, how beautiful Wakanda is. And it's like, I just don't think he should have been killed off. I think that he could have been a good reoccurring villain or even someone that, like, doesn't agree with, like, the direction Wakanda's going with and ultimately, like, has his own sort of bad plans, but then occasionally has to team up with T'Challa in order to face, say, a bigger opponent, like a Loki, right? Like, Killmonger had the potential to be T'Challa's Loki. 
Well, that's what I was thinking about. You know, part of the reason why Loki was such a great villain is that he came back. Like, he had more time for character development. Oh, by the way, his name was Ulysses. Ulysses? Ulysses? Uh, it's like the U-L-Y-S-S-E-S. Claw. Because his... Ulysses, like U- Ulysses yeah. S. Grant. <laughs> yeah, that that's his name. Okay. The one that loves, uh, oh, Scuttlefish? No, is that what it was? Didn't he say that he, like, didn't like them or something like that? No, he had a weird, like... They were adaptive. He said they were, like, adaptive because they could, like, take on, you know, I don't know. He he was weird. He really liked that, that little octopus thing. He was a weird character, for sure. Weirdly hot. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You would say that. (laughs) You know, with a name like that, being from the South, so you know how I go. No, sure. Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I I do 100% agree that Killmonger is, uh, whatchamacallit, it, like, I, I do wish he would have kept going because, again, like, Michael B. Jordan is a huge name right now, um, a big star. And you would think that the MCU would want to keep someone like that in their world. And you're coming out with a second Black Panther. I'm not saying you had to make Killmonger the main villain because you want to obviously move on. But there, that's no reason to have killed him off. Yeah, make him an anti hero. Make him like ultimately in the end, he seemed to have good intentions, but then again, we got to see what he was as the leader, and he was a monster. But then there is that Loki parallel again. I mean, I liked how he 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 fucking just put on plays and just wanted to be praised. Listen, I just like I did like how brutal Killmonger was because we didn't we don't see that a lot in the MCU. I mean, that one moment where and I hate that I don't know how to like what the 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 women warriors, the Dora something, um doesn't he take one of them and he like literally slits her throat and you're like, "Oh my god." But it's like that's yeah, like that's brutal. brutal. <laughs> that's brutal, but it's like you kind of need that in the MCU sometimes, and like to know that Killmonger. I mean, listen, his name is Killmonger, right? And he has <laughs> all the. What I was gonna say, his name is Killmonger. His name is Killmonger. He has all those marks on his body, which are supposed to symbolize all the people that he's killed. Like, we can't like expect any less. He let her die. He had like a girlfriend, and he like he killed did. her. Let her die or something. Didn't he kill her when he was killing Ulysses or something? Like, she was complete uh, collateral damage. (laughs) She was, like, fodder. Like, he was just, like, it was like, he was like, I'm getting to go to Uganda, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, when people go to college and they break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend in college and they're like, that was his method of breaking up. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going on to better things, buddy. <laughs> Did you call it Uconda instead of Wakanda? Oh my gosh, Wakanda. Uconda. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, he jumped on my chest as I was talking and it was heavily distracting. He has this like thing in the morning where he has to be like up my butt. 
Wakanda. It reminds me of in Connecticut, there's this big college called Yukon. Uh, the University of Connecticut. So it's like you said, UConn. And I'm like, when did UConn get uh, its own nation? <laughs> oh I, I was also thinking about, uh, like, there's the streamer, right? Who he was streaming. And the guy was like, who he was talking to said, oh, what country are you from? And he said, Uganda. And the guy turned out to be from Uganda, and he said it, like, in the, like, native tongue of how you say Uganda. And the guy was so embarrassed, like, dying of embarrassment. I was like, well, that's what you get, buddy. That's what you get when you try to claim you're from a country that you're not from. Oh, boy. (laughs) Them's fighting words. Them's fighting words. Yeah, but, um, I I love this pick. I think that this is certainly a good way to start off the list because I was actually thinking about Killmonger yesterday. I was like, wow, it's like, that was such a missed opportunity, but, um, great pick for number 10. I will take the number nine. Um, I'm looking at my list and I'm like trying to figure out, you know, what'd you say? Checking it twice. Oh my God. I'm trying to figure out like how to properly shuffle all of this, but I guess okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm going to pick. <laughs> uh, speaking about Age of Ultron, I'm going to pick uh, Pietro Maximoff because I'm sorry, <laughs> Quicksil- Quicksilver deserved to have more than just one movie, um, like. God, I remember watching Age of Ultron, right? I remember being in the theaters, loving Quicksilver, like getting super excited that uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were introduced and like the future of them in the Marvel movies. And then when freaking Hawkeye, that whole movie fucking Hawkeye. All right. Like they had to cater to Jeremy Renner. Uh, This. Okay. I have such a like disdain for Jeremy Renner because of how much they like bowed down to him in Age of Ultron and I'm like for what he's a useless character I'm sorry okay so effing Hawkeye um that scene that you see where it's like he's gonna get shot up and it doesn't happen you look and there's Quicksilver with all the bullets in him and then he like collapses and you see Wanda just crying out in agony and i'm like wait they killed him i'm like he's a huge character and you introduce him in a movie just to kill him and i'm like no way i'm like he definitely isn't dead something's gonna happen he has like some you know regenerative gene that he's gonna be fine we're gonna see him nope Never, still haven't seen him. And you would think, like, in the upcoming WandaVision show, and granted, like, it hasn't come out yet, so we can't say anything, but uh, the actor, I don't think, has said that he's coming back. There doesn't seem to be any sort of indication that Quicksilver is going to make any sort of appearance. And it's like, you are telling me that Wanda has, like, the ability to alter the fucking universe and she's not going to bring back her twin brother? I can't. 
I can't. It gets me mad. <laughs> like, it was like, well, uh, you know, like when uh, parents pick a favorite child and it's like, well, we saw who got picked as the favorite. Oh, yeah, completely. You know that like Marvel was sitting there and like, yeah, 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 yeah. Quicksilver, but psh, Wanda, which what- I don't. I mean, I don't blame them. I love Wanda Maximoff. She's like a bad bitch and I love it. But, you know, what is the point of not having Quicksilver? It's like, first of all, to have someone with those abilities to be able to, you know, run at like some sort of crazy super speed where you can't even see him. Um, that It's like, was it because there was something going on with Fox at the time? Because Fox had their own Quicksilver. But I'm like, okay, the Fox universe is dead Time to bring back fucking Quicksilver. I wonder if they thought he would be OP. Because they say, like, even in Justice League, that the Flash is considered one of the most overpowered characters to, like, exist. Like, one of the... Because, you know, he can run He can run to the point of breaking through, like, the fabric of space and time, basically. He can, he can like, you know kill people he can just walk through them he can you know he can outrun things you know to me it's just it i wonder if they considered that quicksilver would be too much of an effort like a cop out or you know or they thought hey we're gonna have the brother and sister we might as well give more character development to the other but then again they never mentioned quicksilver again i don't remember them mentioning him again I don't think that they've mentioned him. I think that the only thing that you're supposed to, like, allude to is in Civil War. I think, like, what Cap says something like, oh, we've lost... Oh, you know what it is? It's that in Civil War, when they're, like, going through all of the... um, all of the footage, right, of all the destruction apparently the Avengers have caused. You know, they obviously show what happened in Sokovia and Wanda, like, looks away and you're supposed to, I guess, at that point be like, oh, um, you know, obviously that means that uh, she's thinking about her brother, right? But other than that, what else do you have? You're right, that when have they ever mentioned Quicksilver after Age of Ultron? And that was her twin. Not just her brother. Not just her brother, her fucking twin. Her twin that she says that she's so attached to and so freaking like in tune with to the point where she can feel his death. And never mentions him once. Like, not even during, say, pillow talk between her and Vision in, say, Infinity War. You know what? I judge them. I judge them not bringing up Quicksilver. And you get that (laughs) actor in there, and you're going to be like, oh, we don't know who you're talking about. Right? They'd be like, who? Who? Huh? When? Quicksilver who? Brittany, why did you take a Snapchat of our conversation and send it to me? I face hit it and it like there's apparently a button on there that lets you take pictures. Like if you are um, like if it was our faces on there, it's so that I guess people can take pictures, but I accidentally hit it and it was like, oh, here's a Snapchat of your conversation. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I was so confused. That's like I sounded distracted for a second because I was sitting here going, "What the hell is Brittany up to?" <laughs> up to no good. I always ask myself, "What that? What is Brittany up to?" 
I got into one little fight and my mom got scared. What'd you yeah. say? I'm alluding to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. Okay, I have like a really bad um, confession right now. You're not going to like it. Yeah, it's Tia. We're gonna lose everyone. That's I know. On this podcast, but I need you to not do it. No, I'm just joking. Dude. I've never seen the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Well, you know, guys, this is a great podcast. Notifications, <laughs> lots of hours that I could say that we spent through this. You know. Two hours every Sunday for the last, like, how many months? You know, it was a good run. Idea. Have a great life. <laughs> <laughs> it was good your friendship. Oh, my God. And that's how I lost everyone. <laughs> I, you know what it is? It's like growing up, I just didn't watch any, like, live action stuff. Like, I never watched Degrassi or anything like that. Like, all these, like, you know, live action shows that people watched I never was into because I like continued watching cartoons for way longer like while I was like in my teens and everyone else was watching you know as I just said Fresh Prince Degrassi all these other you know like because they're like we're teenagers you gotta start getting it and I'm like I'm still watching Cartoon Network and Pokemon and shit and Sailor Moon and DBZ and I was like I don't want to watch anything live action I just want to watch cartoons speaking of which I never saw Degrassi either yeah I just never watched it but you know whatever but uh (laughs) Let's move on. So my number nine is Pietro Maximoff. Uh, Brittany, what is your number eight? Uh, I'm going to go into Crossbones. I'm taking it. It's mine now. Uh, Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Wow. These are, like, good picks. I didn't even think about Crossbones. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) He was so good. Brock Rumlow. Okay. So he he popped in not during Civil War. He was during Winter Soldier, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, it was Winter Soldier. He he appeared in Winter Soldier, right? That's where he was introduced, but he was killed in Civil War. Okay, that that's that's what I was making sure of. So you know how he was a great character, oh, and also I'm biased because you know Frank Grillo, who's <laughs> also like the number one Caucasian actor in an Asian country. Isn't that right? Like, because of what he did as the villain in, uh, what, what's his name? Oh, in uh, Wolf Warrior 2. Yeah, as Big Daddy, which is such a great name. Like, I want to be called Big Daddy. Tia, please call me Big Daddy for now on. Stop, you're making it awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you something to talk about in your mukbang, right? No, but, um, <laughs> but you know, he was great. Like, I love that kind of like that uh, that secrecy with Hydra, and you realize you know, you think he's a part of Shield that entire time, and that was around the time we're figuring out that you know that isn't what we thought it was, right? That's mm-hmm. not the organization that we thought, and to see someone so deep in. And just, like, the kind of intimidation he has. I don't know. He was a great villain. And I'm so surprised that he even survived the, the like, the building collapse. Because even then, I could have just ended there and go, oh, I wish they would have brought him back. 
but they did bring him back. They brought him back in Civil War just to have him basically suicide himself to, like, blow himself up to try to take Cap with him. And then you have, and that's what jump-started. And I guess you could say his death is memorable because it's the reason we even had the, uh, what was it called? The Sokovian Accords? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Wanda, and getting to have that effect on Wanda where she was lifting him up to try to save everybody, but ultimately destroyed a building while doing so. I don't know, I guess I just felt like, this is, like, still one, okay, personally, personally, Frank Grillo, he's amazing. He's a very uh, attractive individual, <laughs> um, and I would have enjoyed him for my own sake to still be in the Marvel Universe, but also because he had a lot of potential. I, I love that even he could hold his own with Captain America. You know, not exactly hold his own, but you could tell that he wasn't afraid to get into hand-to-hand combat with Steve and he wasn't he wasn't afraid he took on Falcon he took on he just I mean you gotta wonder what kind of harsh training I to me he was kind of like the male black widow you know where they may not particularly have a power power even though we're supposed to assume that you know she had uh you know some of that serum in her but to see him go through that and it makes me wonder did he have some kind of experimentation done and like I wish they would have fleshed him out more it's like we talked about they bring in these great actors just to kill them off and you're just like really really and Crossbones could have been a great major villain Crossbones could have been something that I could go okay you know this is Hydra's face now because it feels like all these organizations have a face to them that main villain someone that you need to bring down and they brought him in for five seconds just to kill him. I don't know. I just, I wanted more. I wanted more, Tia. He could have definitely had a fantastic potential as a long-term villain within the MCU. Because clearly something happened within that moment of the building collapsing to when we saw him then. Because if you remember... In Civil War, when Black Widow is going hand-to-hand with him and she goes to, like, zap him or whatever, and he's like, I don't work that way anymore. And it's like, what way? Not being zapped? Like, what happened to you? What kind of experiments then were done on you to make you suddenly now, like, some sort of, like, super soldier yourself? But I think that not only could Crossbones have been a great villain, but Brock Lump the Brock Rumlow could have been a great like mole, right? Because we obviously see in Winter Soldier that he's working alongside Cap. Cap trusts him, thinks that he's a good member of the strike team and all of that. But instead of having it where it's revealed in one movie, have that as an arc, right? Have him come in for like two movies where you think he's the the ally and in reality he is there getting information from hydra like that would have been great or seeing more of him and say bucky right like that would have all been really fantastic stuff to have been fleshed out what would have been good is with falcon being the new captain america bring him and as his villain because we already see that they have beef to begin with falcon was there with them when he got destroyed 
You know, like when the building collapsed on him, right? They were like fighting. He would have been a great Falcon villain. That actually would have been a really great um, thing to have, say, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show for Disney+. Plus. We obviously see that Zemo is coming back, which I do put Zemo as like one of the most underrated villains in the MCU. But I think that he is one of the best villains, considering he pretty much destroyed the Avengers without lifting a fucking finger. Um, but, you know... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have to, like, fight them or anything. He literally just turned them all on each other. Like, that's that's mastery, right? So, I'm not... That's that's some more shit. Exactly. So, I'm not mad that he's coming back for the show. But, yeah, that would have been great to have, like, two villains, right? You have, obviously, Zemo, who is the more, say, like, I don't want to say intelligent. You know, I'm not trying to, like, put down Brock Rumlow. But, you know, Zemo's obviously, like, highly intelligent habit where he has his, like, long-term um thing and then brock rumlow is the one that's like always going after him that it's like shit we're doing this things but now i gotta go like hand to hand with this guy um and he's freaking like a tour he's like a tour de france you know yeah yeah that would have been great that would have been great i'm like sitting here i'm like damn come on opportunities why do you have to kill all these villains why do they have to get rid of these hunks? <laughs> you're hot. You're dead. You're hot. You're dead. Uh, oh, and you're dead too. That's all I'm seeing on this list so far is just a bunch of hunks that they decided to take from us. I know. They couldn't have them distracting. For well, By the way, have you noticed we just based like, We've had mainly uh, just villains, uh, mainly from me. Oh my uh, god, no, that's what I really just thought of because that's who they tend to like kill off all the time. Because my next pick is going to be a villain. Um, I can't help it. Like, I also, I, it's like I also feel bad because like most of them are male, and it's like you know. I got called out for being apparently a misogynist by someone recently, which like makes no fucking sense because oh, I'm a like feminist. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna say it on air because uh, some disgruntled person disliked that I said in a review that she was someone else's lover. Get over yourself. Um, but. I, I want to say, I guess, honorable mentions really quick. I doubt that they're on your list. Obviously, Hela, duh. And obviously, we would bring back Thor's mother, Frigga. But even we that knew that... Bitch. No! No, really? Okay, it's okay. Oh, shit. It could be it's on okay. your list I still. List. I got a long list, bitch. All right. My bad. Oh, my God. I really didn't think that you would say that. But I kind of want you to so that we can, like, go deep dive into it. Okay. I won't say any further. I won't say any further. Um, but I think that cross, I, I think that Crossbones is a good one, right? Because I sit there, too, and I'm like, damn, you, like, teased this. And we had him for two seconds. Two seconds in Civil War. I know. I wish he would have got more of a play out. Or at least, like, let him escape. Like, let it be a running thing that he's doing, like, this guerrilla warfare of, like, these hits where they can't quite capture him. But instead, they just have him go explodey. <laughs> did you just really say that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Fight me. 
I mean, I can't. We have to do social distancing. Oh, true. True. True, true. But yeah, good pick with crossbones. I will take number seven. And it's going to be a villain. Oh, surprise. Ah. <laughs> um, so it is going to be none other than Ronin the Accuser. Because <laughs> I... Mean, I, I on my list. I didn't even put him on my list. I knew he was coming. <laughs> um, I've been talking about him a lot lately to Brittany. I can't help it, right? There's just there's so much, like, with the uh, the MCU and, like, these different races, like the Kree as Guardians. It's like, oh, they're so interesting. I just want to know more, but... Um, yeah, Ronan, obviously. All right, let's just even th- talk about it, right? Lee Pace as Ronan, which again, like, I, I feel personally offended that all these, like, hunks are being ripped from right, us, Brittany. Right. But... can't afford these people. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> um, all right, so anyway, so you have Lee Pace as Ronan, right? And we did get him both in Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel. Now, granted, Captain Marvel was a prequel, so um, this is during the time where he's more of, say, like, an accuser and is part of, like, the Kree military faction, whereas in Guardians of the Galaxy, he was, like, a rogue uh, terrorist not acting on behalf of the Kree Empire. And, in fact, when I look back on it, the Kree even wanted, like, say, nothing to do with him. Um, There was at some point where the leader of, like, the Nova Corps begged, I guess, a higher-up figure in the Kree to kind of at least renounce Ronin and say that they don't approve of what he's doing because he's essentially killing, you know, children and families. And they were like, nope, want nothing to do with it. Deal with it. We signed your treaty. That's it. Bye. Um, No from us, dog. Yeah, they were like, I don't give a shit. Um, But he could have been a really good long-lasting villain because he obviously has this really radical um, thought process. But, so obviously you get that and you're like, well, how could we have someone like that? Oh my god, lady, please stop growling. Sorry, everyone, that's my dog. Because of course... <laughs> she sounds so ferocious. She doesn't sound like a, like a five-pound dog. I she sounds freaking Rottweiler. Because there's a dog barking outside, so she's like instantly must start growling. Um, and of course, get right behind my headset right now, so I apologize, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so obviously you sit there and you're like, why would you want Ronan to keep going since he's so radical in his thinking that, you know, he doesn't even care. Like, he will literally destroy a whole planet and doesn't care that there's a bunch of, you know, children and families in it. But in Guardians of the Galaxy, right, he has a moment where he stands up against Thanos and he's like, you know, as soon as I freaking destroy Xandar... I'm coming for you. And he would have been at this moment, like, oh. like to go, well, I'm going to stand up to Thanos. He would have probably died. But <laughs> I, he, I think when I had the Power Stone, which is such a funny name. I don't know why that always cracks me up. The Power Stone. The power. It gives me power. But no, I mean, he was strong. We see, like, without that, you know, he's, like, flinging Drax around as if Drax is made out of paper. 
Um, and he says to, I love that scene. Oh my God. Where he's like, you call me boy. He was like, he's like, he's like, and as soon as I'm done with Senator Thanos, I'm coming for you. And I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God. It's so good. But you know, he would have been a really good asset against Thanos because he is powerful and he has a warship and he has all of these years of experience of being, you know, in war, essentially, right? Even though Thanos calls his uh, his uh, politics uh, boring and, you know, that of a pouty child. But it's like, I don't know. That would have been great. Um, and in the comics, from what I'm reading... He becomes a bit of an anti-hero himself. He does go on to assist in some, um, whatchamacallit, he goes on to assist in some storylines. He even marries um, a member of the Inhumans, which, you know, was part of that really shitty TV show that lasted about eight episodes, but still. Oh, uh-huh. um, have you heard of the Inhumans, right? That yeah, like I haven't, but I kind of have. Like, I don't know. Okay, so during like a few years ago, um, when so a few years ago when we were like right in the middle of you know like the Netflix Marvel shows and Agents of Shield was really big. It's like Marvel was really building up its TV. Right. Obviously, we had the movies, but it was just kind of starting to build up its TV since DC seems to be like have its thumb on the TV spectrum. Right. So you had the Netflix shows. um, And I don't think like this is, I think, even before, say, like Punisher season one came out. Right. I think that like Iron Fist had just come out. And I think that was around this time. Right. When the. Well, okay, so this is the thing, is that the showrunner behind the first season of Iron Fist was behind Inhuman. So, um, they were gonna, so they were coming out with, I'm just saying this, like, really quick, right? They were coming out with the Inhumans TV show, which was supposed to be a big thing, because two reasons, um, they're, like, a family, they're, like, the Black Bolt family, like, they're a big figure in the comics, And they're essentially like mutants, right? And this was a way for Marvel to introduce mutants before they had a deal with Fox, before they bought Fox out, because their whole thing is like they're mutants that went to another planet and they've been living away from Earth this whole time, blah, 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 blah. It was supposed to be good. Like that was, this is a big thing. It was terrible. I never watched it, so, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but it was so, like, the reaction from it was so bad. Everyone was like, it's embarrassing how bad Inhumans was. Like, yeah, that was the thing. It was, like, embarrassing how bad it was, and they literally canceled it after about eight episodes. It didn't even get a full season because it was just the react. It never got the viewership, and the reactions were so bad. Um, So... Yeah, the show Inhumans was terrible. What? Did I say that? No, I didn't say that. I didn't hear what you said. I said that's how I feel about Justice League. Like, it's just so bad, you can't believe it ever existed. 
Well, and that's how in humans the TV show is viewed. But it was also the guy behind the first season of Iron Fist was behind in humans. And I think after in humans and after Iron Fist, they were like, yeah, we're never bringing this guy back to do anything. But um, I mean, you should have been able to tell from that. Why give him the second chance? I don't understand it. So and I don't think that they'll ever wish to bring Inhumans into the MCU because originally it was supposed to be a movie um, and then they decided to do it as a TV show but considering they're essentially like mutants and now we have mutants there's really no need to bring them in but my whole point is that in the comics Ronan ends up marrying one of them and loves her like if you look at the comic he is like in Infatuated with this woman. Oh, you know like, I still in love. You know I love those plot lines where there's the hard ass and they <laughs> learn to love someone. That is my jam. Oh, he like loves her. He's so soft for her. Like never Ooh, raises we his love voice. a soft boy. <laughs> we love a soft boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, even even in the comics, he, like, takes more of an anti-hero role. Like, apparently, at the end of his arc, um, he begs the leader of the Inhumans to forgive him for all of the atrocities that he ever bestowed upon their people. Like, what? So not the Ronin that, like, you see... some character development. That's some character development. And also we know that, like, secretly Ronan is a feminist because he was so in awe of Captain Marvel at the end. Like, I love that line, okay? It made me mad that he that we never saw the in-between where he's like, we'll be back for the weapon, the core, the woman. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> Call me the woman. I'm about that life. Not a woman. The woman. The woman. <laughs> Why are we so thirsty? I know. Yeah, well, this is what this has turned into. This has turned into a thirst party. You know what? I'm okay with that. Thank I'm you. Okay with it too. But I love Ronan. All right. We could have seen more of him. Lee Pace is a fantastic actor. Um, it would have just been cool to see him like fleshed out more. I mean, granted, I think that his death scene is probably one of the coolest scenes in the entire MCU, just because I love that scene in guardians of the galaxy volume one, but still looking at it, I'm like, Oh, see, it's like, this is the problem. Marvel. When you kill off every villain, it's like, now you just have to a come out with all these new villains, which I know there's plenty of villains, but it's like, you could have had, more development like it just would have been cool okay like can you imagine ronan having to like work alongside the guardians of the galaxy and drax like having such a problem with it and then it could cause like problems between drax and like quill because quill's like we need ronan for this specific mission and drax like he killed my family like peace out bitches i don't know you could have had shit there we could have had death and destruction I'm all about death and destruction, but no. <laughs> okay, calm down, please. Uh, calm down. But yeah, so I don't know. Do you agree with me? Like, I wouldn't agree. we love to have Ronan back? <laughs> we would love to have Ronan back. Ronan is definitely, 
I like that we got to see more of him with Captain America, like Captain America, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Too many captains. Um, but no, I I wish we would have got to see more because to get to see him before all that in the middle of the war and go, he looked softer there. He looked more sane in that yeah. situation. And I would have liked to get to see more of that. And I know that doesn't exactly help for like, oh, the, I just, I'm so tired of everything being about the heroes. I'm so tired about oh, you know, they're this, and they're right, and all that stuff. No, I want to know what makes someone that way. Even Talos said, don't feel bad. We all have blood on our hands, right? Because she was saying how she felt bad, and, you know, all the stuff what her, you know, her adoptive people had done, you know, to the, the scroll, and they're like, hey, we've done it too. It's war. And I thought that was interesting. So I wish I could get to see Ronan, you know, have to pay for his crimes. But I guess it's like the subject of morality of like, how much is forgivable? And you don't have to forgive them, but you could at least have them try to atone for their sins all these years. That's definitely the kind of character development I need. Well, I mean, like, really quick, you know, because obviously it'd be, you know, as you said, how much is forgivable because Ronan has slaughtered a lot of people like again i went back and i watched the first guardians of the galaxy and there's that scene where ronin and nebula are in the prison right trying to interrogate and nebula's like oh you know the nova corps are coming we we gotta go and he's like all right let's go and she's like what do we do with these people the prisoners and he's like you know the Nova Corps can't know that we were here, so cleanse this place. Meaning, kill all of them. And it's like, okay, that's a lot of people. Um, what did you say? I said that whole cleansing like terminology is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's like but, but both Nebula has had plenty of blood on her hands, and she has been redeemed. And even Loki killed a lot of freaking people in New York and that was redeemed so I'm just saying Ronan could have totally kept going in the MCU but yeah uh, Brittany let's move on because I could probably talk about Ronan for the entire two hours that we're here so what is your number six I was going to say the only side note I have is mm-hmm. that you know that the villains that we're more okay with are the ones that personally didn't put their hands on someone to do it they always order someone to do it. And I was like, Ronan, you got to wonder. I don't I don't know. It's like, how much, you know, are we too easily forgiving other villains? But um, I'm going to go with Yellow Jacket. That was on my list. <laughs> Want me to do Friga? Friga? No, Friga? I called, I called your, your spot out. So please keep going. I love it. I have others. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Well, I was looking at it and it's like, Ant-Man is great. The humor behind it, we love Corey Stoll. We love that balded man. We love everything about him. Like, But it's interesting, because I, I didn't know that's who he was until we had gotten into Corey Stoll and I went back and you were like, oh yeah, you know, that was Darren Cross. And I was like, what? I it, This is another case of them killing off like characters too early 
another case of them like these villains like he has the perfect tie-in to hank about feeling like he couldn't get his um basically his love his admiration he couldn't get his acceptance mm-hmm. he was such a hard ass and you almost go down that tony stark road about like how he was with his own father but to be fair all that experimentation was having its effect on his mind mm-hmm. but i would have liked to get to see more out of him to see they always bring normally when you bring in a character with the same suit and the same kind of like that kind of history they're supposed to stay around. They're supposed to be their big villain. It's like uh, Flash and uh, what's his face? Oh, I can't remember it now. Reverse Flash and Zoom. Yeah. Zoom, yeah. That's their villain, right? That's their main head villain. So when you bring in someone that's basically the same and go, by the way, we're killing them off. It's like, but there was so much growth left. There was so much we could have done to you. And I don't know. I guess I just like I do have like that heart on for him, and we do get to see his experimentation. He's a genius, right? While we have, I love Ant Man, but he's he's kind of an idiot in the best of ways. Well, Darren, I know he- sorry, Darren Cross was a doctor. They mentioned at some point Doctor Cross. Yeah. Um, I guess it's- no, no, no. Go ahead. Right. I was choking. Oh, <laughs> um, no! <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> talk, and then I was like, oh no, I'm choking. Um, no, I just love Darren. I thought, like you said, he was a doctor. He was intelligent. He was smart. And we don't get to see that a lot of time with characters where we go, okay, they're just strong, right? They have cool powers. And to see someone basically be like, a bad Iron Man would have been definitely interesting. Yeah, so I love Darren Cross, obviously. Um, he's one of the most underrated villains, again, in the MCU. I think that the reason for his death is very obvious when you look at the history of Ant-Man the film. So really quick, Brittany, and for listeners out there who may not know, Um, Edgar Wright, who is the man behind Baby Driver, was originally supposed to direct the first Ant-Man. And he had come up with um, some of a script, and he was the one who had chosen him and the studio. Because, you know, studio also has a say, and especially, I believe they had a say um, earlier on in the MCU of what villains and stuff they could use. So... Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright and Marvel had come up that um, Yellow Jacket should be used in the first Ant-Man. Well, at some point, um, Edgar decided to step away from Marvel due to, you know, in what is it called when people like get divorced, uh, irreconcilable differences. Um, yes, so that was <laughs> um, so that's why he stepped away. And then Peyton Reed who is the man who then stepped in to do Ant-Man. He did Ant-Man, the Wasp, and he's going to do the third Ant-Man. Peyton Reed came in. He did not like uh, Yellow Jacket. He There's interviews where he said that he did not want to use Yellow Jacket. He didn't like the idea of using a villain who essentially was just the bad version of the main character. But because Yellow Jacket had already been in the script 
Corey Stoll had already been casted. Marvel had already made his decision. Peyton had to stick with it. So I think that's why Peyton Reed probably killed him off because he was like, I don't like this character. I don't like using this character. So this is going to be a one and done. Director gets to make all those decisions where we would have loved to see them, but they're like, I don't personally like this character, and it's my movie now. And I'm like, no, I want. <laughs> I really think that's what it is. Is that, and you can like look like Peyton Reed has you know, not been shy about the fact that he didn't like that he had to use Yellow Jacket, um, which, but then it's like, all right, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I particularly didn't mind it, um, but uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp didn't, didn't really have a villain at all, so it's like, Peyton, do you just not like using villains? Is that what it is? Um, but um, Wasp, who's basically the same person, just the female version, and I know that may seem mean, because I love her. But you did essentially bring in another hero that's basically just Ant-Man, but with wings. Which was what Yellow Jacket was. <laughs> a villain with wings. You I know just, what I mean? I just love Darren Cross. Like, you know, I like that, as you said, he was slowly going insane due to the experiments. Um, that was something that's really cool that I think uh, Corey Stoll completely was able to get across really well. And to have this character who essentially just wanted to be loved by Hank Pym, but that love was completely unobtainable. And I also like that you could have had where he then, because we saw he uh, was selling the suit to Hydra, right? So you could have had where he eventually maybe joins Hydra or he becomes essentially he becomes essentially a dealer for because there's also a deleted scene from Ant-Man, right? Which sucks that it was deleted, but there's a deleted scene where he's showing, you know, his suit to all these people and Hydra people are there, but there is someone there with a tattoo of the 10 rings on his neck. And it's like, you that's why I said to you the other day, I was like, the Ten Rings not only has ties to Iron Man, but Ant-Man as well, because I'm counting that deleted scene. Um, and it's like, all right, well, we could have obviously then had A, the Ten Rings be, you know, integrated more into the MCU earlier on. And also just kind of show where Darren was at. I think he would have been a great villain if given the chance, if he was, you know, not defeated and he kind of like scuttled off, right? And you think like he's not around anymore, but in fact he's developing hit. Like you could have continued where the the lab is destroyed, right? Um, but have where he's kind of in hiding and he's perfecting the suit. He's perfecting a wave of an army to kind of go up against Ant-Man and the Avengers. He would have been great. It would have been great. No, it's funny you do bring up Ten Rings, though, because I never put together because of how everything was going on. I thought at the beginning of Iron Man, that was just a terrorist organ organization, right? That you take in, like, the area that they're in, everything else, and you go, okay, maybe they're going off of, like, you know, real life with this. And then when you realize that it's... But I didn't realize that terrorist group that took him was the Ten Rings. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. My brain got blown. I didn't realize that. Because to me, I was like, oh, Ten Rings is like a new thing, right? Like, oh, they're bringing this in. And then you go, 
wait a second, like that's some like freaking planning to you. That is some planning to already add them in from day one with Iron Man the first one to go, hey, here's this terrorist organization. And us going, huh? Who? What? What? You know what I mean? Well, like that to me, I didn't even put that together. I completely agree with you. Like when they were announcing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I was like, oh, cool, a new organization. And then when you go back to rewatch the first Iron Man and you realize, like, oh, that, that was the Ten Rings. And they even mentioned the Ten Rings in the third Iron Man, you know, with the fake Mandarin and then the, you know, Marvel one shot and then, you know, that deleted scene in Ant Man. It seems like. The MCU was trying to sprinkle in the Ten Rings throughout the MCU, but then I guess because of maybe popularity-wise or whatever, they decided to shift more into Hydra. Because if you notice after um, Captain America Winter Soldier, you know, Hydra just seemed like the main, you know, thing that was kind of like seeded into the MCU, but you know, they've been trying to get the Ten Rings into there, I think, for a very long time. And it would have been cool if they would have just kept that into Ant-Man and say, like, pretty much that Darren Cross was, like, having an open house for all of the terrorist organizations. Here's Hydra. Here's Ten Rings. Uh, Maybe the Hand was going to come. You know, remember the Hand from uh, The Defender? In the ring don't have some kind of intimate relationship, I'm going to die. Oh my god. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you could have definitely went in multiple different directions with that. I would have loved to see Corey Stoll return as Darren Cross. I think that he would have done a marvelous job in that villain role. Um, I only hope that the only reason they did that is because they know somehow that DC is planning to use him one day as Lex Luthor. That's it. <laughs> right, right. Like, I, well, that's what we need. That's exactly what I need in my life. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to riot. Not that my, that I would exactly make an impact if I riot. <laughs> It's okay. I'm interested regardless to see where the future of villains go in the MCU since we have so many new people being introduced and new groups being introduced. But still, I can't help but look back on the beginnings of the MCU and wonder how it would have looked differently if we would have just had freaking some of them that we we miss so much. By the way, what's the name of that movie that I wanted to come out so bad, but it's been pushed back so many times that I can't even remember the name now? It was basically be, it was supposed to be like a scary Marvel movie. Oh, <laughs> New Mutants. <laughs> I needed it, Tia. I needed it. I literally waited forever. because I was like, that's such a good idea. That's such a like, great idea for things. I love it being scary. And then I'm like, five months (laughs) later. Oh, that's the thing is that it was supposed to come out. Like, it had finally had a legit date. They put out new trailers. Like, they were dedicated. We are finally releasing this movie because it essentially had been pushed back by Fox for, like, two years. And then finally Disney got a hold of it and they 
got really good response on the trailer and they're like, you know what? We're doing this. And then freaking COVID-19, everything had to get like canceled and pushed back. And it's like, we will never see this film. We will never watch this movie. I thought of a stupid joke. What? 2019, beauty channels were getting canceled. In 2020, everything's getting canceled. Life is getting canceled. Life is canceled. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, uh, Brittany, great job with the yellow jacket. I 100% agree. You know me. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't want Corey Stoll to come back in the MCU. Like, let's be real. You know what? You just want his bald head. I do. I do. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, number five is going to be the second uh, non-villain on this list because so far we have pretty much all villains. And I guess you could say that Pietro Maximoff started off as a villain. So. Um, <laughs> Number five is going to be none other than Yondu, because... Called it. Called it. (laughs) Stop it. But I just love Yondu. And that's the thing, is that when the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I wasn't the biggest fan of Yondu, because, you know, he was in the way, right? He's telling Peter, oh, you know, uh, my my boys want to eat you and everything. And then he had, like, the, the whistling uh, spear. And he kind of was just like, as, as I said, like, he was in the way, right? He's popping up at all the wrong moments, you know, when they're at nowhere and Ronin is there, and then on top of having to deal with Ronin, there's Yondu and the Ravagers. It's like, can we not? <laughs> What'd you say? They're just there to be dicks. Yeah. And then even at the end, when they defeat Ronin, and they have the Infinity Stone, and Yondu's like, yeah, you told me that you were going to give that to me. It's like, dude, like you just saw what it can do, and you're like, being like this so uh, definitely in the first one I was like "Ah." and then in the second one we get all this great character development we show how Yondu um, the reason why he was banned from the Ravagers is because he was dealing with children for Ego but then as soon as he found out what Ego was doing with his children that's why he kept Peter, you know, and that he actually loved Peter and he cared for Peter. And then, you know, he has that, you know, the mutiny moment where um, he kind of sees like, you see like how soft he was for Peter and how that caused like a bunch of people to turn on him. He has this great friendship with Rocket where he reveals, you know, that he understands Rocket because Rocket just, you know, likes to push people away because he's scared of how much, you know, he cares for people. And then of course Yondu making like the ultimate sacrifice at the end to keep to, you know, save Peter. And I love that line. Like he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy boy. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. And then even like and then even slightly the friendship between Yondu and Kraglin, I really liked as well. Like how Kraglin is the one to help Yondu and Rocket escape the ship where he's like, they killed all my friends. Um, it's like, and then at the oh. end, 
And then at the end where like Peter gives Kraglin like Yondu's spear and he's like, I think he would have wanted you to have it. And he's so like touched by that. I don't know. Like Yondu became such this like figure like I love. I'm sorry. I'm like going deep diving into it. But I love in the second one where um, freaking Yondu is at that one planet and Sylvester Stallone is like, you will never be part of the Ravagers. And, you know, Yondu's like, I demand a seat at the table. I wear these flames just like you do. And it's like that big emotional scene where like Sylvester Stallone's character is telling him how like, you know, the colors will never play and, you know, at his funeral and the this and that. And then when Yondu dies, like all that actually happens. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah, and what got me, by the way, what, what's his name, Craglin? The, the dude. The dude that got the spear. I'm sorry, what did you say, Brittany? Craglin? Is that his Crag- name? Craglin, yeah, he, he's Sean Gunn. He's actually James Gunn, the director's younger brother. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't he, like, wear, like, freaking uh, Yondu's, like, head fin, like, and to try to learn how to control that whistling thing. Like, he wears something. He we- he wears the fin at the yeah, end yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. And there was a deleted scene from Endgame where he, where Kraglin is in the line of the Avengers with the fin on his head. Oh, that would have been cute. That would have been cute. But no, uh, I was gonna just, like to to Yondu. I think what was so hard is he wasn't even. I don't remember him being upset about opening that thing and realizing that the power stone wasn't there. I think no, he was the mute. He smiled. He smiled. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Like looking back, he was such a daddy figure. Like to see him, like he. To him, at first, he thought he was taking these children to their father, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, when he realized it, it must have been so heartbreaking. And to see him, what you know, like raise Quill after he just lost his mom, we do see that he, you know, Quill was qu- capable. So he, Yondu must have taught him. He must have really taught, cut, brought him under his wing. But to let himself suffocate in the cold of space so that Quill could live—that's like the ultimate father sacrifice. After, but but I was like, man, he lost his real father, and then he lost his other dad. Like he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. <laughs> in in that scene, if you look back on it, when Yondu puts the thing over Quill you uh Quill literally goes come on like as if it's like he's saying to himself like I just had to defeat my father and now I have to literally watch my my father figure die in front of me and I think that um the second Guardians of the Galaxy really touched upon how like blood doesn't make you say someone's father because remember Drax goes I thought Yondu was your father and Peter's like what like he's blue and he goes you guys look completely alike and it's like and it's like a funny thing you're saying they're like oh Drax being stupid as usual but then it's like I think was supposed to show like that Yondu really was Peter's dad I'm heartbroken again. But you know what the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better? 
What? Is that guy at Comic Con wearing the Mary Poppins outfit? Does <laughs> do? I love that scene. You look like Mary Poppins. Is he cool? Yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for me, it's like too. I know it's gonna sound like such a weird uh thing. But I love Yondu, too, because I've had so many older men in my life that act like him, like the y'all and the being, like, redneck and stuff. Like, so to me, I'm like, oh, he reminds me of home. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's totally, like, <laughs> redneck in space, but I love him. Like, what does he say? He has that. He has that one line where he's like, I may be as pretty as an angel, but I sure as hell ain't one. <laughs> like, really, Yondu? <laughs> really? He, uh, oh, I was going to say, oh, I was going to say something about, like, oh, he's a trash panda. That's what he is. He's a trash panda. I mean, in the in the second one, when he's on Contraxia, that's the name of the planet. Paulie walked by me and he was like, it's Contraxia. Because um, get it? Contract. Um, but when he Aww. like, is, when he's clearly done having sex with that one female bot and he's like buttoning up his pants and she kind of like just shuts herself off. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. That's nasty. I love it though. I love Yondu. Like, and that's the thing is that James Gunn said that he would never bring Yondu back because he feels that that would then kind of invalidate the sacrifice that Yondu made. And it's like, I get that. But did we have to have him die? Like, he was so good. He was part of the guardians like remember at the end of the second one when freaking uh rocket like Groot's like I am Groot and he's and Yonder's like what'd he say and Rocket's like he says welcome to the freaking guardians of the galaxy although he didn't say freaking <laughs> but I'm sad I kind of want to watch the second movie again or the first one why not both just both they're both amazing like the second one i love when he like finally gets his new fin and he's like just having the best time all of the people who mutinied against him but it's like if you think about that was a really powerful weapon he literally was able to take out an entire ship and even in the first one he's able to take out all of those other like ronin uh fighters with that I mean, he would have been great against Thanos in the freaking uh, battle in Endgame. All he would have to do is just whistle, and it's just like... Vroom, 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 vroom. You know what gets me? And I know this is, like, silly. Is So he's a Centaurian, right? Because I thought he was a Kree at first, but he's a Centaurian. And they just so happen to be blue, you know? And he... Uh, a lot of their sexuality is tied to their crest, which I'm assuming their crest is like their head thing, right? Their fin. And all I could think of is that if he went from a smaller one to a bigger one, he was probably like definitely had big dick energy happening. Oh, with- yeah. <laughs> he was making a statement with that bigger fin, but I liked it because it looked like a mohawk. And I'm like, why didn't he have this all the time? Um... Uh, I didn't know that he was Centaurian. I knew that he wasn't Kree, 
Because, again, he says to Rocket how he was sold into slavery. And if you look it up, he was sold to the Kree as a war slave, which is pretty much he was put at the front of the line during any Kree war because they were disposable. It's like, okay, have all the them get killed before you get back to the actual Kree generals, which is, like, super messed up. And just, like, when that... Like that gif you sent where he's just like, they sold me their little baby. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say one more thing before I move on, because I could literally talk about Yondu like all day because I just love him um, is I still love that freaking scene um, between him and Nebula where they need to power up the freaking ship and she just opens up her arm to like attach the cables and Yandu's like this is gonna hurt and she's like promises promises and you see him smirking cause it's like look at these two masochists together <laughs> right oh my god I feel like after this podcast we're gonna be talking about Yandu I can't help it, all right? Like, there's so much to dissect about him. Him and Peter's, like, relationship. Like, even in the first one where, you know, Peter tells Yandu that he's not going to give him the orb. And he's like, you know, put a bounty on him, blah, blah, blah. And one of Yandu's persons, like, you've always been soft on him. And he's like, I want him come, I want him alive. And they're like, alive? And Yandu's like, that's what I said. And the guy's like, you've always been soft on that boy. And he turns around and he just, like, you know, lifts up up his trench coat so you see the like the quill and he's like he's like you know only person I've been soft on is you (laughs) (laughs) big dick energy big dick energy but yeah I'm sorry I don't want to take up this whole podcast about uh, fawning over Yondu so let's move on Brittany what is your number four can I go with Friga yes I've that I kept all right everyone I kept messaging Brittany I was like please put her on the list I was like I didn't mean to call you out before like please put her on the list (laughs) too much you stress too much is it by the way is it Friga or Friga I think if I remember I think that Odin said Friga Friga well for me is that of like that family first off you have Thor, he lost Loki, he lost Odin, he lost Frigga, he lost uh, he lost his girlfriend, you know, not technically dead, and she's coming back, but you get what I mean. He lost his planet, he lost his hammer, he lost all of his best friends to he hell. He lost his hammer. <laughs> he lost his hammer. You know, like, because remember in the first one, he had that group that he fought with? Mm-hmm. They all die. Every, yeah. I think Sif died too, didn't she? Um, no, I think they, like, said that she was off somewhere else, and that's why you haven't seen her. Okay, so then you, like, she is off doing something. He's lost, uh, he lost, uh, oh, what's his name? Hemdall? Hemdall. Hemdall. And it's like, he's gone. It's like, and all he wants is his fucking mother. Like, you saw his excitement whenever, like, he was going back and he was like, you know, oh, he's like, I can't, you know, my mom, you know, this is the day. And Rocket's like, oh, man, that really sucks. But we got to do this thing. <laughs> like, 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 I get it. It sucks. But but to get to see him have that interaction with his mother 
made me realize what a great character she was. Because I'm going to go back for a second. You have with Loki. She taught Loki everything and made him feel normal and made him feel loved while Odin was just like, you know, always keeping him at arm's length. But you see that Loki had such a deep, I mean, yeah, had such a deep connection with his mother, you know, whether she was visiting him in prison or, you know, or, you know, I feel so bad that the last words he said to his mother were basically telling her to leave and that, didn't he say like, you're not my actual mother or something? Yeah, and she does. Because Loki says, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Loki says something along the effect, like, you know, Odin isn't my real father. And she's like, so does that mean I'm not your real mother? And he's like, yeah, pretty much exactly. And you know, he's just acting out of hurt. But, you know, when his mom dies, he's heartbroken. You know, you realize how much she meant to her sons. And it's like, you know, she she was a kind-hearted soul and even like whenever thor is trying to tell her like mom this is gonna happen and she's just like i it's almost like she knows she knows and she because she's a witch wasn't she like taught like by like the greatest witches in asgard or something like she yeah, says she something. says she says i was raised by witches yeah and it's like for me, you know she had to know it was coming because every time that he tried to say it, she covered his mouth and she's just like, I love you. And, you know, there's got to be some kind of foreshadowing that she already knew that this was going to happen, but she accepted it because she knew that probably the events of the future could not happen. But I love her giving Thor a hard time for getting fat. <laughs> uh, and, and when he's like, oh, my hammer. You know, and he's so excited, and it was almost like he needed that. He needed because you and I know. Side note: I felt so bad for Thor. Like I know he had gotten fat and stuff, and people were like, "Ha ha, funny!" But it's like he was fucking depressed. He was just depressed. Like you know, you can make the humor of it, but you got to think of like what happened to him to make him want to, you know, basically stop everything, and how easy he was to cry over certain things. But I just felt like she could have added so much more, at, you know, whether or not it continue, she continued to be the queen or uh, helping Valkyrie, you know, come into her spot as the queen or, you know, help everybody adjust to life on Earth. I don't know. I just felt like she would have been a good addition to the story and kind of helped the characters in it to kind of have better growth or, you know. Uh, I still feel bad about Loki. Either way, Loki doesn't have his mama back. No, it's like, uh, I do love that scene, though, when Thor asks for his, you know, he calls Mjolnir, and he looks, like, so relieved with, like, tears in his eyes, and I like how, like, Rocket, you know, doesn't understand, because he's never seen this before, so he's kind of like, what the hell's happening? And Frigga's like, oh, it just takes a second sometimes, (laughs) like, because it's, like, taking so long to, like, get to him. Um, I loved how regal Frigga was, right? Um... And how she really just brought this, like, softness out of the story. Because even in the second Thor, right, which, again, like, is a terrible movie, but has its good moments. Um, You know, Thor brings Jane to Asgard, and Odin is very resistant. 
um, doesn't make her feel welcomed at all. But Frigga makes Jane feel welcome, brings her in, you know, lets her rest and everything, and then goes above and beyond to protect her, which ultimately cost her her life. Um, and that's just who Frigga is. She's so selfless, right? Like, as you said, she's, you know, going and seeing her son Loki, even though he's in prison. And at this point, Odin has essentially... Um, you know, disowned him and she cares for Thor and she's giving like Thor needed that pep talk in Endgame because before that he was like coasting. He really just had given up, was so depressed, like didn't have motivation really to do anything. And Frigga kind of, I think, brought life back into him and for her to accept that there was going to be a fate that he was trying to warn her about would, really just spoke so much about her character. I loved Frigga. Um, and I think I loved her more after watching uh, Endgame. I mean, too. I, I think it was good to see her have that nice motherly, like, uh, Mama Tiger, like, uh, kind of, like, what was that Family Guy where Lois is like, I'll rip your if and I falls out. But, yeah. like, they, <laughs> Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I just thought she was such, like, a good motherly character, but also a warrior in her own right. Which you don't really get in the MCU. Like, there's such this emphasis on fathers. You know, uh, Howard Stark, Odin, um, you know, Yondu, Thanos, even. There's such, like, an emphasis on father figures, but really never a mother figure. Like, what do we have? We have... Um, uh, Janet Van Dyme, Hope's mother, and we have Frigga, and that really seems to be it, um, honestly. But I think that Frigga could have definitely um, continued on, and at, like again, I guess you could say her death, you know, blah blah blah, uh, whatever. But I think that she would have been great. I don't think that she would have gone on to be the leader. She seems to not necessarily want to be that. But for her to kind of have... Uh, I feel like Valkyrie would have respected Frigga a shit ton. Since Valkyrie is so, like, old, you know? Because she's been, like, you know, Hela's been encaptured for so long. And she fought against Hela. And Thor didn't even know who the hell Hela was. So she clearly is, you know, like is older than Thor. And I think that she... (laughs) But I think that she would have had such a respect for Frigga and Frigga would have thought that she would have been a great queen and would have wanted to help her, you know, uh, transition into that role. As you said, I think that would have been great. And I love, like, the thing... Like, you know, you think of the Asgardians, right? And they're, like, these noble warriors and blah, blah, blah. And, like, Loki's the outsider because he's a sorcerer. And it's like, no, she's like, I was raised by witches. Like, I would have loved to see her and freaking Loki team up. And it's like... <laughs> uh, free- no, okay, this has been great, right? This, there's all these memes... Where it's like, Loki's like, I am an expert sorcerer. And Doctor Strange is like, ha, that's cute. I'm an expert sorcerer. And Wanda's like, ha, I'm the expert of magic. And Frigga just coming in. She's like, bitches all sit down. (laughs) She's like the mother of sorcery over here. She old as shit. Right? She's like, bitches. She's like, did you see who I had to deal with? Look out. And not for nothing, like, we love Anthony Hopkins, but she was definitely more youthful looking than Odin. She'd been like, I had to deal with this. I had to deal with this old ass forever. 
<laughs> Old wrinkly ass. <laughs> I love Frigga though. She's definitely like a great mother figure that I feel like we all needed. Like when she was talking to Thor, it's like, yes, comfort me as well because I need it for this movie. <laughs> I need it for this movie. Frigga was great. I love Frigga. I would talk about her too. Like I feel like she would be great in a story as well. I know, I know. Isn't this terrible? Like, every single time. It's like, what do we need all this for? I mean, like, everyone's supposed to be inside. (laughs) Villainy. Villainy stops for no man. (laughs) That is true, that is true. Um, But yes, I love that you put Friga, definitely... I'm going to hit the number three. I don't know if he's on your list, but I'm putting him down anyway. <laughs> but bruh. But um, speaking about Asgardians, Loki. Loki. Yeah. Now, I know that Loki is technically coming back for the Loki show. But as I say, that is not the same Loki. That Loki is from 2012, who just got arrested for uh, wreaking havoc on New York, and that's the Loki, right? Loki, who uh, experienced Thor the Dark World, who experienced Thor Ragnarok, and then ultimately got killed in Infinity War. That Loki is dead. And that Loki is the Loki I would love to see because that's the Loki who has had the fantastic character development, right? The Loki who got to hear his father say, I'm proud of you, my sons. The Loki who got to tell Thor that all he wanted ever was a brother. And Thor to kind of say, you know, we uh, are two different people and I'm tired of trying to change you but that doesn't mean i'm gonna stop loving you you know and this is the and this is the loki who literally didn't have to do this but took a ship to go back to asgard to save all of the asgardian people who disliked him from hella all right all that shit and this is the loki who finally got to say we have the hulk so that is the i love oh I love that scene. I go back and watch it and he's like, we have the Hulk. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, it's just like, he had such a good, like, he deserved more. You should have just made him an Avenger at that point. A really shitty Avenger. <laughs> through, like, sensitivity training. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thor would be like, you're a junior Avenger. <laughs> See, there's so much like that could have been there, Tia. There was so much that could have happened. I like. I'm telling you to this day. I really thought that in that, like, what would have, what would have freaked people out, like that end scene in Endgame, like that, you know, everyone coming back was already epic enough. But can you imagine if all of a sudden? freaking Loki showed up and he's like and he goes to Doctor Strange he's like I didn't need one of your stupid circles <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he would step through like a green one and he's like this is mine <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 
And Thor would have been like, you bastard. I thought you, I thought Thanos had snapped your neck. And he's like, yeah, I hid for a while. I'm a scared piece of shit. But then I decided to stop being a scared piece of shit. <laughs> right. I feel like he, you could have Loki come in and be like, well, it was either this or watch Valkyrie become the queen of Asgard. And I will never let that happen. <laughs> But then eventually they come to an agreement and he's like, you know, like, fine, fine, fine. Well, that too. That <laughs> <was hot>. Because <laughs> that's, that's a great scene in Thor Ragnarok, that little fight that's really quick. And he's like, oh, that must have been a terrible experience. You must have such horrible memories. And then grabs her head just to see inside, which... Holy shit, like, who knew that, like, Loki could do all that? Like, that's the thing, is that they're, in the beginning, it's like, you didn't really grasp how powerful Loki is. The fact that he, A, could, um, freaking manipulate the shit around him, like, in Thor The Dark World, to make it seem like everything looks good when, in fact, it's trash. Or make himself look like Odin for all this long. And then on top of that, I could freaking get into people's minds. Like, what? Um, but yeah, I, oh God, I hated that. Lo- okay, so this is the thing, Brittany. I knew that Loki was dying in Infinity War before I saw Infinity War. Because um, Kelly had seen it before me. And I was like, I need to know so that I don't spend the entire movie wondering if he's going to come back. Just rip the bandaid off and tell me right now. So I I knew that he was done. And it was like fun to see him in Endgame. Right? Like, because then obviously that's the tease of the Loki show. But, oh. I really wanted him to be part of that final battle <laughs> so badly. It would have been so good. Like, and one thing I keep looking back to is I'm like, one, you could have Loki be like, Thor, you've gotten fat. You know, get yourself together. <laughs> Loki helping Thor on his... You could have Loki got to have his last words with Frigga. Like, you could have had all this stuff. All of it, just that small addition, and and it wouldn't have hurt. It, people would have loved it. And you also, can't. in that scene in Endgame, if Thor ran down to the prison and saw Loki, like and yeah. visited Loki, um, or even like released him to be like, Frigga's gonna get killed. You need to protect her. I'm doing this other shit, but you need to protect our mother. Um, something along those lines. I would have loved that. Loki's just like, oh, he's Loki. He's freaking Tom Hiddleston, man. It's just like, uh, I'm happy that we're getting the show, but it's the same thing like how, and I talk to you about this all the time, right? That Gamora is not the same Gamora. Again, it's the 2014 Gamora who never had any of those experiences with Peter Quill. So it's not the same. It's like, oh, no, the actor's back. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that character is back. And I would have just loved to have that Loki back because that Loki went through so much and had all these fantastic like moments of character development then again, people say, oh, well, you know, he completed his redemption arc. And I'm like, 
couldn't he have been redeemed and not been killed? Like, why does being redeemed automatically mean you can die? <laughs> right. I feel like that's always such a cop-out. I'm like, I'm like, well, why do you have to kill them off? Because you don't want to pay the actor anymore? Because you don't want them there? Like, tell me. I like to think that right now, Loki, Frigga, and Odin are in Valhalla, right? Just watching Thor. But Loki's kind of getting frustrated because he's like, damn it, this other Loki now is going to get all the attention. Not me! I just see Frigga like holding him like a small child. Like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. And Odin's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish I could go into an Odin sleep in Valhalla. (laughs) Oh my god, Odin sleep makes me think of like, um, my dad is impossible to wake up and you know like there's the dad sleep or like where you're like dad dad i had to do this to my dad it's like my dad turned his ears off to like me or like anybody in the family who watches something dad 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 couldn't get his attention or you just fall asleep as you're doing it and finally i go rodney which you know is his name and then he's like what what why'd you call me rodney and i'm like I feel like that's you, though. I will never forget when we had to get up to go to Houston for the Supernatural convention. And I was like, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. I was shaking you at some point. I was like, Brittany, Brittany. I sleep like a dead person. You would not wake up. And I was like, how is this possible? She's just not up. That was the thing is, so, you know, like, for last Christmas, I, I got a pistol for Christmas, like, just, like, for home defense, like, just to keep it under the bed and everything, and right? she lives in Arkansas, and apparently that's considered the same as a piece of jewelry. Whatever. But, like, so I have that, and Aaron said, you know what, I made a mistake. He goes, somebody would break in, you wouldn't wake up, they'd just stare at you and go, oh, is that a gun under the bed? Grab it. It isn't good. You still be just sleeping away. And I was like, not true. And he came into the house one night, uh, like, without, like, I knew he was on his way. I did not wake up, though. I did not wake up to the door open. I did not wake up to him coming in. I didn't wake up to him getting in bed. Like, I just was dead. Like, and I'm That's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You are oblivious to the world when you sleep. I need my beauty rest, okay? <laughs> I love you. But um, let's let's move on. Uh, we are down to the top two. Uh, Brittany, you have the number two spot. Who is the last person from the MCU that you would bring back? Mother effing Black Widow. Because it is yes. <laughs> Bullshit that she was killed off in the first place. Wait, can I say something really quick? Can I say something really quick? I thought for a second you were going to say Thanos. (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) But okay, on that quick note, I love Thanos as a villain, but to bring him back twice and have two big movies, but then have him like lurking away. It would make it too much about him. It wouldn't make sense to bring him back. Like, I know you know that, but, like, for me, it, it wouldn't have been a good thing. I, I, two movies, two three-hour movies with Thanos-centered was enough. <laughs> Stop yes. laughing at me! <laughs> no, but please tell. Yes, because, uh, all right, really quick before, like, 
absolutely i feel like no one gives the attention to black widow that she she was also killed in endgame and should not have been killed in the first place and it's ridiculous that it's like you're making a prequel that has all the potential to be a really freaking popular ass movie and you anyway go ahead Brittany. you you all you (laughs) as they open up right they open up and they go, oh, well, Black Widow, you know, her death is overshadowed, like, in an instant. You have everybody looking a little sad over it, and that's it. Like, that's literally it to you. Like, it, to me, it's like in Pacific Rim, when they killed off a certain character in it. And in the second movie, they had this big memorial to everyone that died during the first movie. But the one guy that was, like, the big deal that died isn't in the freaking memorial. That's how I felt about Black Widow. I felt like they were like, oh, yeah, we got the, what was it, the Soul Stone, uh, Herkaderka, Black Widow's gone. And then it quickly gets overshadowed, which I get it, by Tony's death. By Tony's death, because he brings back everybody and he has a child, but just because Black Widow had like nothing else besides that, you know, I, I'm not. I just I'm not making much sense. I just thought it didn't make sense. And then you have Gamora. That I, are you telling me you can't bring back past Black Widow to the present and go? Okay, we're good now. Everything's good with the Force. But no, 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 no. You did not. You just, like, killed her off, and then you magically bring back Gamora. I get it. It's 20-whatever-age Gamora. I get it. But it's a cop-out. It's a cop-out if you're going to do that for Gamora and not do that. Oh, it's the one that doesn't love Quill. Well, she's going to learn to love Quill. Spoiler alert. We know it's going to happen. They're going to fall in love. They're going to fall in love all over again. We're getting a repeat. It happened in the past. It's going to happen again. Just bring back Black Widow the same way. You have Hank Pym now. He can do it. He, he has the technology. He has the technology. <laughs> I'm salty. Uh, I'm salty. No, I mean, because it's like, all right, we clearly saw what happened. And I forget the name of the place, right? But it's like we clearly saw what happened in Infinity War, right? Thanos took Gamora there and you needed a sacrifice in order to get that stone. So when the they sent Hawkeye and Black Widow, it's like, wait, you know one of them is going to die because that's the only way to get that stone. And it's like... You know, first of all, I will say, like, why didn't Nebula say something? She knew. And, like, but people say that, you know, if uh, Nebula said something, they would, like, have, like, a million-hour discussion about it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, 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 okay. But freaking, and I get, like, everyone, like, and that's another thing they say. You know, this was Black Widow's, you know, not even her redemption, because it's, like, to me, it's, she's, been an avenger this whole time but everyone's saying like this is her full arc you know going from someone who is just an agent had very much a motive of her own uh keeping all these secrets to being someone who literally considers the avengers her family and will do anything to you know a keep them together like how she did in civil war and be the ultimate sacrifice because i think that we don't talk about how much the events of infinity war impacted her because she's very much the person who doesn't show her emotions. Um, but I think that that broke her. 
I think not having that broker in Endgame, we see that she's living in the Avengers facility. She's asking for constant updates when they tell her, like, you know, not a lot is going on. It's like, I think that she really needs that. And she's like, this is my family. I need to get them back. And it's what, and she really was like the definition of like, whatever it takes. Um, But, but it's like, it wasn't needed. It was uh, like, we knew what was going to happen. They're going to that place. We saw what happened to Gamora. And it's like, I'm sorry, you know, I have a problem against Jeremy Renner and I have a problem against Hawkeye. And no way should he have been kept, like, at all. There was no reason for him. Oh, he has a family. Black Widow has had a family. They were her family. And I love. I did love that scene. I forget which one of them asked, but after she died, what was it, Tony maybe even said? Like, do we know? Did she have a family? And Steve was like, yeah, us. And it's like, she had a family. All right? Um and that whole like <laughs> her and Clint like let's let's uh, race to see who gets to die first. I like to me. I know it was intense, but it was like to me. It was like no, I want to murder myself. No, I want to murder myself. <laughs> oh, so we're fighting. It felt like two kids like tumbling for like. Reminds me when me and my big brother would get balloons, then we just like like wrestle to see who could get the balloon, just because we wanted it, and it was just like a kid thing. And that's what it reminded me. Except they were wrestling for death. They it didn't feel as like say impactful as Gamora's, right? Where it's like you didn't know what was happening in that moment, and then it's finally revealed that Thanos is willing to sacrifice his daughter, and her pretty much being dragged as she's like yelling and beating at his hand you know because she knows that she has so much to live for um and in this it's just like you didn't even have a moment really to kind of even think in your head what was happening because they're both kind of like yeeting off of the freaking cliff and then like you had (laughs) and you have like that small moment where clint is trying to hold her and she's like it's okay let me go but even that just didn't feel as impactful and as i said you knew that you were coming out with that Black Widow movie. That Black Widow movie looks so good because everyone has been sitting here wanting something that feels like the Winter Soldier, right? Like the movie. Black Widow feels like the Winter Soldier. You have big names in it. Florence Puh. I don't even know how to say her fucking last name, but she is huge right now. Rachel Weiss, who's a fantastic actress, and David Mother Effin Harbor in it. And it looks amazing. And it's like, what if that does well? What if that does well? And that's it. You're just going to end it there. You know, I understand that she's like Scarlett Johansson is not, say, the most popular among people. Um, People just really like to hate her. But she is a huge part of the MCU. The cast loves her. Um, she's been in it since Iron Man 2. It's like their need. And as you said, her, her death was like glossed over. They had a, a sad moment, Hulk threw a bench, and that was it. And I'm like, wow, you guys really, like, you, you really did that, didn't you, Marvel? <laughs> like, Tony's over here with the entirety of the MCU surrounding him, giving him a hero send-off, and freaking Black Widow, Black Widow just got yeeted off the cliff, and everybody's like, well, I feel like the only people who... I feel like the only people who really mourned 
her was Clint and Wanda because they had that mo- you know it is they had that moment knowing that while all these others got brought back the two people that they loved like Wanda with Vision Clint with Natasha and I, when I say loved I don't mean like a romantic between Clint and Natasha but you know they know that even though all these people got you know brought back the two that they cared about were not there because so so Gamora, Natasha and Vision, you know, they weren't snapped away. They were killed, like kill killed. So that's why they they didn't get brought back. And it's like and I still say I feel bad for Quill. All right. What if she doesn't fall in love with Quill? Quill just has to keep looking at Gomorrah, a constant reminder of the woman who he loved. And this girl doesn't even know anything about him. Like, I hope they fall back in love because I don't want to be hurt, James Gunn. I don't want to be hurt. But he hurts us anyway. You don't want to be emotionally manipulated. That's what James Gunn does really quick before I move on. That's what he does because when you rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, you're like, aha, it's so fun. And then you realize, wait, he made us cry our hearts out with the, within the first five minutes of the fucking movie when Peter Quill's mother died. And then you have in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 when freaking um, <laughs> uh, Yondu died. It's like James Gunn is also emotionally manipulative, but... I'm glad that you put Black Widow on this because I think that she should... There's no reason for her to die. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No reason at all. Um, no reason whatsoever at all. So, love it. Um, we are down to the number one, Brittany, of our top ten dead MCU characters we'd bring back. And there are a ton more i'm sure we can say but especially these um should have 100 percent been uh not killed so let's go through it really quick before i get to my number one we have killmonger pietro maximoff crossbones ronin the accuser yellow jacket yondu friga loki black widow and i have to put this as number one it's almost like a uh uh, obligatory Tony Stark um, I, I knew it <laughs> you know I could have went a few ways I could have even said Captain America because we all know he's going to die pretty soon but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry um, but no I mean listen uh, before I get into everything else Tony dying right now just as we're getting all this other shit happening is like what are you going to do, right? In the comics, Tony, his one of his main villains is the Mandarin. Okay, well, we're getting Shang-Chi, and there's no Tony around. Um, as Juwan likes to point out, and he's right, we are going to get, at some point, we're going to get Fantastic Four, right? And uh, at some point, Reed Richards, you know, Mr. Fantastic, Doctor Strange, and Tony form an alliance of their own. That ain't happening now because Tony ain't around, you know? So it's like you have all these plans that now are kind of getting messed up because Tony's not around anymore. And don't get me wrong. Again, the, it was an arc, right? Um, it's been 10 years. Tony started it all. None of it. I'm not saying that any of what they did was necessarily bad, right? It was epic, right? During that battle, 
for Tony to be the one to put the stones on and his and I loved that I loved you know where he where Thanos is like I was inevitable and he's and Tony's like well I am Iron Man and it to be like and to be like that was what he said in the first movie and for that to be his final words you know and it's like you know, that was a redemption arc. You know, Tony goes from being the billionaire playboy philanthropist who, you know, screwed around with all these women and who sold, you know, uh, weapons and stuff like that to being the person. And, to, you know, remember in the first Avengers, Cap says, oh, you're selfish. You don't do anything for anyone else. You know, if it if it doesn't benefit you, you're not going to do it. And for Tony to literally lay down his life because he knew that was going to kill him. They said, like, you know, it almost killed the Hulk. It almost killed Thanos. They said, like, it's going to kill a normal person. And for him to do that, and that's the ultimate sacrifice. And he knew, like, he knew that was what he needed to do because he looked at Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange gave him the one. Like, this is the one. The the decision that you're mulling over right now in your head, that's what needs to be done right now. Um, and And it's like... I. Um, what he finally had a kid well that's what i was gonna say is that like i understand all of that right like story wise it makes sense but it's like so everyone else gets to live everyone else gets to do this and it's like tony has to leave behind a wife and he has to leave behind a daughter you know a daughter now who will not be able to see him grow up and can we say that he also left behind a son because peter parker that was his dad <laughs> right and like and you get to see like how you know how peter is dealing with it like i'm looking at the sign of tony and how there has to be a new hero there has to be a new tony yeah, it's, like, super depressing. You know, I don't, like, you could have even had it where, you know, because people, I guess, would say, oh, well, then how do you, you know, if he was kept alive, like, how do you say that there was no more, you know, Iron Man, right? Um, because I think at that point, Robert, although I don't know, I don't know, because Robert Downey Jr., I think, said that he was surprised when he saw the script saying that they were going to kill Tony off. But it's like you could have just had that he retired. He did the big battle, right? He stepped in. He did what he needed to do in order to save the rest of the world. And that's it. Like, to me, that's a good retirement plan. I wouldn't ask anything else of Tony after that. Like, you know what, Tony? You don't need to fight at all because you literally just, like, helped us with the fight to end all fights. I know, and it and it is good to see, like, too, like, it is very telling that Tony, whenever, like, uh, Doctor Strange won't tell him because he said then it won't happen, and it's to think back, you think, Tony lost a lot, he lost Peter, but ultimately, he still had uh, Pepper, he still had a child, he had this home, he had a family, he seemed to be happy, and to see him give that all up, ultimately, the sacrifice to make sure that everybody else could have their families back, I was like, oh, Tony, Tony. No, it's, it, I mean, it was beautiful. Because, again, like, Tony, as we see in Endgame, like, he couldn't sleep without, like, thinking about how he could help. Because remember, 
he originally turned down Cap and Ant-Man and Natasha when they originally came to his house because he's like, you know what, I have my family now and I can't, you know, do anything that's going to jeopardize that. But he literally couldn't, like, first of all, he had the picture of him and Peter. So he's thinking about Peter and then he's thinking about how he can help. And, you know, I mean, I loved it, right? I loved him finally mending his relationships with Cap. Like, that was their whole relationship in Endgame was so important because that was finally them um, reuniting after essentially being separated after Civil War. And I, re- oh man, Brittany, I really thought that they weren't going to like rectify anything because remember in Endgame when he comes back and he yells at Cap and he was just like, you said that we would be together, but we weren't, weren't, were we Cap? Well, you know, you said, oh, if we fail, we'll fail together, but we weren't, huh? I wanted to put, you know, I wanted extra security and you, you were the one who was against it. Oh, stop it. I'll cry all over again. I know. But ultimately... Um, cries a what, lot. What'd you say? Tries not to cry. Cries <laughs> a lot. I don't know. I love Tony. I, you know, of course, I think that it was obligatory to even put him as number one on this list. But I think that it was well deserved because I was shocked. I couldn't believe that, you know, they killed him off and to have like, oh, God, to have poor Peter sit there going, you did it, Tony. We did it. And it's like he's dead and pepper to be like it's okay you can rest now and then freaking roadie is sitting there like he just lost his best friend and it's like i needed more of the iron family okay they were the iron family and i needed more of them against me is about that death suit too is it was kind of like not graphic but I don't think Tony says another word after I am Iron Man. Like, he's so, like, drained uh. and so holding on by a strand. Like, even after he snaps, you know, he can't stand. Like, he instantly, he's just looking at everybody. But it's almost like he's looking through everyone. Like, just holding on just enough for them to say goodbye. And it was like, they didn't give him, like, a beautiful dance where his eyes close and he's peaceful. It was like, no, it was like literally looked like he was dying like legitimately dying i had this thing where i almost thought he was like brain dead you know because you saw like the one half of his face was all fucked up and he was just kind of like he couldn't as you said he couldn't talk he was like muttering you know as if like he couldn't and i'm like they gave him a really gruesome death (laughs) yeah like it was not it wasn't like pretty it wasn't like oh I thought the Hulk was going to die for a little bit there. Me too, because that also messed him up. I I don't think he has even function of that arm. It was in a sling, you know? They I don't that think that. that... permanent too for him. They said that the, in the next movies, like, he's not going to be... He is now Dr. Hulk, like, but he is messed up. Yeah, he, we're not going to see any more of, like, the Raging Hulk. I think that's going to come more from, like, She-Hulk, because that's an upcoming um, series on Disney+, Plus, or even Red Hulk or something. We'll see, like, another version. You have to remember really quick, um, before we kind of wrap everything up here, that um, Universal still owns the rights to the Hulk. 
See, that's the thing is that we, and I was confused by this, you know, Disney does not have the rights to all their characters just yet. They may have gotten Fox, right? So they have all, they have Fantastic Four and they have the mutants. They do not own the rights to, huh? Deadpool? Uh, Deadpool, yes. Well, you know, he's considered like a mutant, right? So they own all that. They do not own Spider-Man. They just share Spider-Man with Sony. That, and we obviously saw that's a very rocky relationship. But Universal still owns the rights to the Hulk. That's why they can't come out with a... Um, that's why Disney can't come out with a solo Hulk movie. Um, and that's why Hulk is only in uh, movies and not having his own movie. So it's very, like, strange, the whole thing. I think the only reason why Universal still wants the Hulk is because their, like, rides are very popular, but it's very strange. Um, Before we wrap up, Brittany, do you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to shout out? I was trying to look back at my list really quick because I had quite a few there, but I started to erase them off as I went. Uh, (laughs) I think. I think that was it. I I think I got everybody I wanted in there. I guess I would say the present day Gamora. (laughs) Um, And Gamora. I'd like Hella back. She was a great villain. Like, she was a, I mean, she was definitely OP in a lot of retrospects because it literally took destroying Asgard to, like, kill her. Uh, but, you know, she was great, like, and Kate Blanchett just did such a fantastic job there that I wouldn't mind having Hella back. Me neither. I wouldn't mind to see, uh, oh, like, Ebony Maw and them, like, still be alive. as like, kind of like the Black Hand and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, not, like, the Hand? Sorry, yeah. the Hand. The Hand. Or Tim. The hand. Like this, like a cult still like loyal to Thanos. Oh, Hemdall. Duh. Like, <laughs> I, said him. I said him in the middle of you saying one of yours. I said uh, Hemdall. Hemdall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Um, yeah, no, he, he would be great. Um, yeah. I, I think that we did a good job in kind of going over because all the others are like, eh, yeah, no, no one needs <laughs> yeah. you to lie. No one you alive um <laughs> uh, Brittany I think that we did an amazing job going through this list I definitely feel the need to watch even more MCU movies just because I absolutely love the MCU so Brittany before we sign off please tell everyone where we can find you what we can find from you next and all that good stuff you can say you can always find me at twitch.tv slash itty-bitty-brit. Um, I, I don't know what I'm playing tonight. I'm either playing Dark Souls or Animal Crossing. Those are very two different games. <laughs> One is murder and destruction. And the other is I really want to make friends with all these animals. Uh, so, so we'll see how that goes. Um, got my new camera set up, so... Uh, the aesthetic of the stream should be ten times better, though if I play Animal Crossing, I can't hook it up because of the connection. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at IttyBittyBrit0, and hopefully one day, if I could just get a good day to not have to do anything, 
I wanted to start my YouTube channel, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, <laughs> it's Bitty Brit. Absolutely. Everyone, please make sure that you check that out. I joined, not joined, the, I, did, I didn't go on her stream, okay? But I joined her chat uh, for one of her live streams, um, and it was a lot of fun. So make sure you guys check that out, just because uh, Brittany's pretty entertaining, I have to say. But Aww. I knew that already. <laughs> Um, for me, you can obviously find me uh, at Geek Vibes Nation. I do a lot for them there. So you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff. I'm coming out with my Tea Time with Tia videos occasionally, watching some good stuff such as Defending Jacob. Really quick, Brittany. There was a moment in Defending Jacob where Chris Evans' character goes, whatever it takes. So obviously there's yeah. all these now so obviously there's all these memes now of Andy Barber, who's the character he plays on Defending Jacob, and Steve Rogers going, whatever it takes. Um, so that's just amazing. Make sure you guys check out that show. It's on Apple TV Plus. It is worth buying the or investing in the seven-day free trial. Um, especially since next episode, J.K. Simmons is coming in and he is fantastic. So make sure you check that out. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram, Fabi. We got lots of great stuff going on. So hope everyone is happy, healthy, and safe. Brittany, thank you again. And I hope everyone has a great day. Y'all have a great day. Bye.